Hey everybody, welcome back to Ghostly Haunts. This is Katie. This is the second episode of Ghostly Haunts. Uh, I am a new podcaster, so pardon all the mistakes. And uh, you might even hear my chair creaking, a dog howling, cats meowing, things like that in the background. Please pay no attention. Now, I'm going to review a little bit about uh, what I am as a ghost investigator. I've been doing this since about 2005, around uh, 15 years, and uh, it's been very interesting. I am not an expert by any means, and I do things completely wrong, so don't use me as a guide for your ghost hunting. Explore for yourself and find out what works for you. Now, when I do my ghost hunting, I go out with two little tools, and that's it. I go out, well, no, three. <laughs> I go out with my voice recorder, uh, a smart, my smartphone for photography, and I go out sometimes with a spirit box. And uh, so we're not going to do any spirit box stuff today, but uh, just to let you know, I'm I'm pretty minimal as far as equipment. I used to carry a lot of video. This was a uh, large house in a former logging town in logging town in northern Wisconsin. Uh, the town is called Peshtigo. Now, this house uh, was a large Victorian. It had been divided into uh, at least two apartments. We were investigating the upper floor. Now, Peshtigo has an interesting history. Back uh, on the same night as the Great Chicago Fire, I believe that was 1876, there, there was another fire in northern Wisconsin that came to be called the Great Peshtigo Fire. Now, this fire uh, killed well over, I'm thinking, well over a thousand people. It spread from northern Michigan to Wisconsin, and some say that it embers blew over to uh, the lower peninsula of Michigan and started fires over there. I don't really know if that happened or not, but I do know that it's called the Great Peshtigo Fire because Peshtigo was considered the geographic center of this fire, and a lot of people died. Now, this house... I'm not sure if it dates back that far. We did find a picture of a house from back in the late 19th century that resembled this house very closely, except that it had a huge addition. Uh, it was much bigger. It was a boarding house. So that made it all the more interesting for us. Now, the owner of the house uh, or rather, I should say, the builder of the the original house was a man named John Burke. Now, Mr. Burke uh, ran a boarding house, and that's pretty much all I knew about him uh, until today. I really don't know that much more about him. So we're going to talk more about his house. Now, at the time of this investigation, it was uh, the upper floor was occupied by a young mom and her two young daughters. Now, these daughters were young. Uh, they were using... Barbie beds. That tells you how young they were. Um, and their grandma was concerned because something was happening in the house, and that's why uh, she contacted me. Now, she herself was an amateur ghost hunter, just like me, basically. But she wanted somebody to come up and verify what she was what she was fi finding in her investigations. And we'll take a look at, uh, at a couple of her recordings today. Um the house itself, like I said, was a large house. It had been divided uh, into two 
uh, two apartments, one upper and one lower. We were investigating the upper apartment. It had a separate entrance, which I think was not original to the house. And so you would enter through that entrance and go straight upstairs. And once you got upstairs, it opened up into what was obviously the, the bedrooms of the, the uh, original house or some bedrooms. You would, once you got to the top of the stairs, you would walk straight into the kitchen, which is a small kitchen. It's a nice little, you know, a kitchen. <laughs> and that's where the back door came into the house that came up from the rear of the house. If you turned and made a U-turn kind of when you got to the top of the stairs, then the stairs, then you would get to a um, set of bedrooms. Or they would be, they were bedrooms at one time. And, uh, now they were two bedrooms and a living room. And then the bathroom was, was separate. Now, most of the activity being reported took place in what was the little girl's room. Now they, like I said, they were little girls. They had Barbie beds. They were, you know, you know, cute little things. I never got to meet them, but they were, obviously, they were just innocent little kids, you know, trying to get some sleep. Well, the problem began uh, apparently with the girls. They reported a man coming out of the wall at night to talk to them. Now, I've, I've had that experience as a little girl, almost the same age probably. When I was, a, when I was probably around four or five, I slept in a, a room uh, with my sister. We had twin beds. And there was a window next to my bed that was it actually my the headboard of my bed was on the same wall as the window. So there was a window where light would come in from the moon and it shine on the wall opposite my bed. And there was Venetian blinds on the light. Now, one night I was going to bed and there was it was a full moon. It was very bright. And the Venetian blinds were maybe halfway down. Now, this does have something to do with what I saw, I thought, for a long time. I looked down at the end of my bed, and I saw the figure of a man standing there. It was kind of blurry, but I didn't have glasses then, so, and I'm nearsighted, so yes, it might have been pretty blurry. But it looked like a man, just standing there, not moving. And to my little eyes, it looked like my uncle who had died just a few years previously. So I reported, you know, I went under the covers for the rest of the night, and I reported it to my parents, and my mom just commented that, oh, well, Uncle so-and-so, he liked to come and visit out here. So, well, what does that have to do with him standing at the end of my bed? But I didn't know what it was. This happened three nights in a row. I spent three nights under the covers. Now... In retrospect, I look back and I think, aha, it was a full moon. It was coming through those blinds. The blinds, uh, it made a nice bright light on my wall opposite the bed. And but through the Venetian blinds, it looked like somebody standing there. Okay, so now that's the way I just thought of it, but I've never forgotten it, obviously. Move ahead about 60 years. <laughs> And I'm talking to my sister, who shared the room with me at the time, at, at a family reunion we were. And she asked me if I remembered that. And yes, I, I did remember it. 
And then she mentioned to me that, oh, well, I saw it too. Okay, Nance, well, you could have told me like 60 years ago that you saw it too. Well, maybe she did. She might have told me and I just forgot. Anyway, that that got me on the trail to wanting to learn more about ghosts and hauntings. And hey, here I am today. So back to these little girls. I know what they're feeling. I know they're scared to death. And uh, I don't know if they went under the covers, but having a man coming out and talking to them at at night was just too much. And so Grandma wanted us to investigate this and, and see if we could come up with a little more proof of it. Now, in, when she did her investigation, she actually came up with a couple of recordings herself. The house was odd. There was no question about that. But uh, she did some recording, and she came up with a couple of um, EVPs. And I'm going to play the first one for you right now. Okay, now, as you may have noticed, uh, I'm not really sure what that thing said. But uh, I'm going to go into it in just a second. That thing, um, as far as I could tell, it said everything is something. Now, it didn't say the word something. It just said everything <laughs> it is. And then I can't understand it. To, so to me, it says everything is something. And I'll play it one more time. Okay, so tell me what what you think of it. And you can send me your comments. Um, and we'll see what, what you think. Now... Later on, she recorded another one, and this one uh, was a little clearer. She is asking if uh, the the spirit, whatever it is, can give me give her its name. Well, instead of giving a name, the darn thing seems to be saying, "Don't you take my something." <laughs> I don't know what something is, but it seemed to be saying it. Don't you take my something. And I'll do the voice by itself here in just a moment. Okay, for that one, that was kind of weird. And I know it's hard to understand, but it's it's uh, one that's worth listening to again. So I'm going to put it in again here now. Okay, now, let's go on a little bit. Um, we'll go on to some things that we recorded. Uh, and pardon the dog barking in the background. Um, I'm right next to a dog kennel. <laughs> anyway, when we came to do our investigation of this house, um, the way we usually started was uh, I would come and do an interview with the uh, client and... Uh, I call him a client, even though we didn't, we never charged for anything. Uh, we came, and did I came and did an interview with the with the mom, is who I did. And um, anyway, after the interview, uh, the rest of the group arrived, and we did a walkthrough of the of the property and, and around the property, and you know, nothing real unusual. It's it was a very nice house, very nice old house, um, but. Um, at that point, we decided to go out 
and have some dinner and formulate a plan. That's the normal way we did things with, with this group. Is uh, We didn't want to make a, a solid plan until we saw the property. So we went out and went to Burger King or something. We were gone for about 45 minutes. Um, now, while we were gone, uh, as far as I know, nobody went, came and went in the house. I will make a note here that on the first floor, when we when I first arrived, there was painters down there. They were getting ready for the next tenant. But by the time we got back, they had left. And uh, so this... Um, next thing I'm going to talk to you about is really kind of weird and it's it's fascinated me ever since is absolutely has fascinated me ever since um, when we got back the uh, recorder I had left a recorder going in the kitchen and we came back into the house went on this before no problems but when I went through the recording later on I found this I found that I isolated what I heard and to me it sounded like a door slamming uh, feet stomping door slamming and voices and here now I'm going to play for you just the voices this is heavily filtered I think there's at least three voices here Okay, now I don't know what you think about this, but what I thought was that uh, something appears to have happened. We've got the feet stomping, what sounds like on a porch. We've got a creaky door opening and closing. And according to uh, the grandma, there's no creaky door like that. And we hear voices. And uh appears that something bad has happened. Uh... Uh, I hear a voice that to me sounds that say it's a man's voice. It says lousy. It's really hard to hear these. Then another voice comes in. Uh, it might be actually it might be the same voice. Uh, God damn it! And finally a voice asks, "Is he all right?" And then there's a little echo behind that. Obviously, all right. There may be another voice in there too that I can't understand. So. Um, it's just really a strange recording. But that's not all the strangeness this house had. Now, while we were actually there investigating, really not too much happened that we could tell. Except for one incident uh, where an investigator was in one of the bedrooms that wasn't being used. Uh, actually, the mom and the kids were going to move out in a couple weeks because of this problem. But he um, asked me to come in to the bedroom 
there, not for any insidious purposes, but just to come in and see if I could tell what he was feeling or, or if I could feel what he was feeling in that room. And I went in there and just stood there for a second, and it felt like I was standing in a boat, like a becalmed boat, like it was tied up at the pier, you know, and it's not a windy day, but it's still moving under your feet. And the water's moving. And I stopped on that. And I said, oh, it feels like the floor's moving. And he said, that's it. That's it. You know, that's what was going on. So that was just a, the weirdest sensation. Now, I, normally I would discount it simply because I have neuropathy in both feet. And my feet always feel like I'm being <laughs> on a become bolt. But this was really distinctive. Um, so... Uh, anyway, we're going to go on with this. I want to talk a little bit about uh, an AVP session that we did in the in the girls' room, and what I found on the uh, recording after after we had the session. I went home and went through the recording. Uh, in this instance, we are actually not. Ha- we haven't done the EVP session yet. We're getting ready to do it. Now I have a voice check recording of everybody in this, in this, uh, record in this room, plus the hostess and and she had a friend there too, and the hostess's friend, grandma. I should say that was grandma. And uh, so I know all the voices. To this day, I know all the voices that were in that room. And the voice that I picked up on this recording, um. Uh, uh, wasn't there. That guy wasn't, this guy wasn't there. What is happening? And I'm going to play it for you in a moment. What is happening is that I am setting up a video tripod and I don't want people, actually my husband set it up. I don't want people to trip over it as they come into the room. And that's what I'm, I'm commenting on. Now, then after, after this, uh, you hear a man's voice. Okay perfectly normal sounds like then you hear me ask for the time and my husband answers and that's the end of the recording there's one small problem with this recording the man's voice in between my voice about commenting about the tripod and my voice asking the time that guy ain't there he's not there He's totally not there he is not one of the other investigators they all had very distinctive voices and uh, it's definitely not female, so it definitely wasn't the the uh, grandma and her friends' voices. And it sure as heck wasn't me, because I'm still caught talking when this guy goes. So I'm going to play this for you uh, right now. Um, yeah, there's a tripod right outside the door, so it'll just reach right out and get you. Um, what a camera. What a camera. Okay. Okay, Keith, what time is it? Uh, I can't see it. Just a second. Now, I'm going to play just the voice for you. This guy is clear as a bell. It's like he was there. Okay, now, tell me that he's not saying, did John get word of the boss? Of some, and then it fades away. You hear him actually moving around like he's sit. You know, he reminds me of somebody who is sitting down on maybe on a bench to take his boots off. He's had a hard day, so he's just he's getting set to relax and maybe have some dinner or something. 
uh, who is this guy? He is not there. And believe me, if he had been downstairs, he wouldn't have sounded like that. I mean, if he'd, somebody in the apartment downstairs is not going to come in clear as a bell like he's standing next to me. Um, so I just don't know. Who's John? Is it John Burke, the, uh, the builder of the house? Is it some other John? Now, I will mention this um, in regards to the fire. Uh, we did check. Have Actually, I had to have the grandma check and see if there were any charred timbers in the house. There were not. So, um, was the house part of the fire? Did part of the house get burned away? Was it repaired so extensively that uh, it, uh, you know, doesn't show any signs of fire? That's my husband <laughs> is talking to the doc. Um, anyway, uh, the interesting thing about all of this is that there was a boarding house. Uh, just a few hundred feet away from this house that did burn down during the fire. And about a hundred people died in it. In fact, a lot of people died in it, in this fire. And uh, there is actually, if you ever visit Peshtigo, there is a memorial there and a mass grave site of all the people in that area who died in that fire. So, if there's a haunted town anywhere in this world, it has got to be Peshtigo, Wisconsin. It's got to be at least in the running. So, I just don't know. Uh, I have never had an occasion to go back up there again except to give my results to the, to um, the mama and her babies. And she, that's when she told me that she was moving out. And so I hope they did move out and they are happy in their new home and their kids are going to be in their teenage, going to be probably almost in their 20s by now. So I'm sure they remember this. Uh, one last note about the uh, builder of the house is that one of the kids did find out his name while he was making it in an uh his entrance through the out of the walls, the the ghost, and they called him Mr. Burke. So, what do you think about that? Okay, well, enough about Peshtigo. I'm sorry I hemmed and hawed all the way through this, but that well, hopefully I'll get get better as time goes on. Uh, I do want to mention once again that I am a volunteer with a local community theater here in Kingman, Arizona, where I'm at. Now, I I have a lot of investigations from Wisconsin because I spent most of my time in Wisconsin. I've only been in Kingman for about four years, but I've had a great time while I'm here. Uh, I am a volunteer with the local community theater, and I do the research for the local ghost walk that's held here every, every fall in October. Uh, provided that we all get out of this uh, quarantine business, we will do it again this year. Uh, if you are ever in the Kingman area, if you happen to be in the area while, while this is going on, come on and take the walk. I do the research, as I said, and uh, so you'll hear some interesting stories. This is a haunted town, <laughs> it's, but it's friendly haunted so far. They're, they're grumpy, but they're friendly. Uh, so 
come on over and take the walk. And uh, I should remind you, we do throw a few Easter eggs in this walk, too. Easter eggs being uh, uh, little factoids that really don't belong in the walk, and they may not be true at all. So uh, next time, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to try to get uh, a podcast up at least once a week. Uh, it's something that keeps me busy while I'm stuck here in the house, and I'll try to keep it going even after I'm not stuck here in the house because I really do enjoy it. So please uh, come on back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, we'll tell some more ghost stories here. You're welcome to, to uh, send your ghost stories to me too. And uh, just uh, give me the whole story. Make a nice narrative. Don't make me rewrite it. That's all I ask. And you can send that to fvshk a-T-I-E at gmail.com. That's F-V-S-H-K-A-T-I-E at gmail.com. You can go ahead and send those to me. Uh, and if you want to just uh, leave a happy note, a good review for us, wherever you may find this or you can review it, leave us five stars, or at least leave us three, and uh, we can... Uh, be grateful to you forever and ever and ever. We mean me and my microphone. So thanks a lot for coming in, guys. Uh, remember, Beale Street Theater is the name of the community theater here. You can find more information about them at BealeStreetTheater.com. That's spelled B-E-A-L-E-S-T-R-E-E-T Theater, T-H-E-A-R, Theater with an E-R on the end, at com. Oh, God, I really screwed that up. So I'm not going to amend that, though. It's BealeStreetTheater.com. And sign up uh, for our mailing list. Uh, if you happen to be in the Kingman area or close by, Bill, Bullhead, Havasu City, Chloride, Dolan Springs, Peach Springs, um, Seligman, uh, you can volunteer here, too. If you, if you find anything that uh, we're doing is of interest, uh, you can volunteer for it. So one more time, I'm probably going to sign off here. I'm trying to make my 30 minutes, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm glad you guys tuned in, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.